Radio. Good morning. Welcome to the very last Stochastic.com <laughs> NFL Sim Strategy Show of the season. It's been a fun ride, man. It's been a hell of a ride from week one all the way through the Super Bowl, breaking it all down. Look, some people prefer probably just like, hey, play this guy type analysis. Some of you who have been with us throughout the whole season appreciate us digging deep into the data, digging into the Sims, and really seeing what are the best pre-lock lineups that we're getting, no matter how crazy some of them may seem on the surface. And I promise you this much for a showdown slate with a $6 million prize pool on DraftKings. Uh, by the way, flatter payouts than I would have thought. I think it's like 15% the first or something like that. 18% the first, but you know, this, this is the way we do it on the Friday Sim strategy show and appreciate you guys being with us as always. I'm Dave Lockren, Greg Ehrenberg coming along as always breaking things down. End of the road, brother. What's up? Yeah, this has been probably my favorite football show to do the entire. Now, with that said, I, I don't do as many football shows nearly as much as you do. I only do a couple of them, so there's only a couple to choose from. But yeah, I've really enjoyed doing this show this year. Definitely something we're going to be bringing back next year. And I'm interested to see what the Sims are going to say about this Super Bowl game because we haven't covered any single game slates on this show. The ones that we've done, it's always been full slates, or at the very least, you know, like two four game slate so this will be our first time really diving into showdown with the sims let's have some fun man hey as you're jumping in the room don't forget take one single second atone for your sins here on the strategy show hit that thumbs up subscribe to the channel and if you're watching or listening after the fact you have comments questions any remarks leave a comment down below we enjoy reading and responding to all of them and also as you guys are already probably well aware Everything we do that has a shelf life here, whether it's this strategy show, NBA strategy show, any of the other VODs, you name it, that can be found in podcast form, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just search Stochastic and you'll find us wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. If you don't feel like listening on YouTube that day, we got you covered on all different platforms. All right. So Ben and I did a couple shows already on the Super Bowl, one last week, one this week. And the, the most interesting questions that we have were... Can we play lineups without any quarterbacks, number one, Greg? And I think the answer is a resounding yes. Like, are you going into it with the sole assumption of not getting any Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy? Obviously not, but it's a, it's a feasible approach. And then the other one was, and we got a lot of these questions both times on Wednesday, can we build the five ones and feel good about it? And I think I think the answer to both of those is going to be, yeah, you absolutely can. Yeah, and the other thing, too, to consider is that when it ends up happening that we do, you know, like a, a single game slate that we're covering for showdown, here's what ends up happening in The Sims. It's not necessarily like which, it's actually very much not the players that project the best. It's which combination of players in lineups correlate to the point where they have the most upside, while at the exact same time, also trying to be a unique lineup. Because one thing that, you well, I don't want to say you don't want this to happen. If you come in first, you're going to be thrilled with it. But you'd much rather come in first with a unique lineup that gives you a chance to win a million dollars solo than tie with 300 people and have a lineup which, yeah, cool, you ended up winning. But you want to really be able to put yourself in a spot where you maximize the amount that the payout in each lineup could have. For sure. I do think there's some nuance to it, though, just in that when you have a prize pool of this magnitude, you know, just speaking DraftKings specifically here, where it's $6 million prize pool, it is a million up top. But like, you know, even fifth place is 50K, fourth is 100K. 
second and third or 200K, 150K respectively, if you end up chopping with 20 people, you're still going to be thrilled with the outcome. So I think there's a difference between, you know, having a chop where it's like, all right, I chopped with 15, 20 people and I still just like probably made life-changing money or I chopped with 470 other people and now nothing matters and it's just like a small tournament win. Yeah. And or the other thing you could do, which is before I had a tool like the Sims to use to play showdown, the main reason I didn't play a ton of showdown in the past lofty is because what would happen to me is I didn't really have the best ways to try to figure out how often would my lineups be duped, how often they're going to be unique. So I would try to do stuff like lower the amount of ownership I had in lineups. I would try to not use all the salary, but it was like my best guess of the best practices to with the tools that I had at the time to create unique lineups, I would have showdown slates where I would win and come in first place playing 150 lineups and lose money for the slate because I would tie with so many people that I would be like, Oh, cool. I had, you know, whatever it is, the $1,500 in entry fees. I came in first for $700 with all these people I split with. And it's like, I, I lost money for the slate, even though I won. Which is crazy that that's even possible. But on a slate like this, and, and the Sims, by the way, shows you how many times that lineup was duped in the content. Like, so in that run, how many times was it duped? We'll get into that for sure. My guess is if we were to sort by, uh, if, if we were to sort by like cash percentage, there's going to be some that have a ton of dupes. Yeah. Right? It's just going to be the case. You sort by win percentage, probably some as well. Actually, let's go straight into it, Jacob, real quick. Let's just go to, um, we already started 150. If you look at the lineup, just sort by cash percentage for me real quick. Like oh, there's yeah. one with 64, the highest, or was that 66? 60, 66. And that one has, uh, let's see, yeah, Rashi Rice in the captain spot. We've got the Chiefs defense, George Kittle, Isaiah Pacheco, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. So it is a 5-1 Chiefs onslaught stack here. And yeah, this is one that we've projected to be duped 66 times. And also keep in mind, this is projected to be duped 66 times across 10,000 lineups. So then if you consider that the contest on DraftKings has, was it, 470,000 lineups. So anything that we are looking at in here as far as dupes, we have to multiply that by like eight. So this is a lineup that we're expecting to be played something like 500 times by the field. Which is insane. Uh, Jacob, sort by dupes for a second. See if that's the most duped lineup. Yeah. yeah. By a lot. But you're right. When you see 28 dupes, that's 28 dupes in the 10,000 lineups from the contest gener- Like, So, you know, multiply that out. How many times are these? You know what's interesting? Look how many 5-1 Chiefs lineups are being duped, though. By the way, also, I realized that uh, my, the math I did really quick in my head before was horrendous. It's it's way more dupes. Than 500. Than it's, yeah, it's... Um, so anything that we're looking at in here, you have to multiply by, yeah, 47 to figure out how many times it's supposed to be duped, I think, right? Because uh, there's something... No, you're right. Yeah, 47. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, a lot, a lot of times these lineups are expected to be duped, which is why they don't project well. Even if individually they might have a high cash percentage, they also might project for a good amount of fantasy points. The problem you're going to run into with these lineups is even if they win... Yeah, if you're splitting the pot with, you know, a thousand people, well, then it's not nearly as valuable as a lineup that's going to project a lot better from a simulated ROI standpoint because it might have a chance to win solo. You know what the worst thing is, too? 
when you have a lineup that finishes like technically so second in fantasy points, like 0.3 behind first place, mm-hmm. and you were only duped once or twice, but the winning lineup was duped 600 times, so you lose money. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that happens. That stuff happens. I mean, look, you, you roll with the punches. This is this is these are showdown slates, and there's 470 thousand entries. That isn't to say you like there aren't big single entry contests as well. But we're looking at this one a little bit differently. Uh, what do you make of all of these five one Chiefs lineups being duped as much as they are? Kind of interesting, right? And I'm going to assume that is more to do with price point than anything. And also, you can see here that these lineups are also all using almost either all the salary or almost all of the salary. So one thing that I'm guessing that when people are building out their lineups, and we'll also assume we look at the individual player ownerships that we've projected in the contest generator here, is I'm going to think that the reason that these Chiefs lineups are so much more popular than the 49ers ones are just due to price points. Not like people are looking at the slate and saying, oh, uh, we're picking the Chiefs to win. It's a fairly close 50-50 game. It's just pricing. Exactly. Yeah, you look at that. Everything is within $300 of $50,000. People love to max out their cap, for sure. There's a lot of ways to get away from that, though. If we go to just simulated ROI, Jacob, and take a look at the top actual lineups here that we have in the Sims. So first thing I'm noticing, there's no set build that looks the best, whether 5-1, 4-3, 3-3, or sorry, 4-2, 3-3. It looks like we have a pretty big variety of everything on here. The highest Sim lineup that we have leaves 800 on the table. It is Kittle, Ayuk, Purdy, Pacheco, Moody, and Rashi. That's crazy that there's only one dupe in our sim because that to me looks like a fantastic lineup. I think one thing, you'll agree with me here, one thing that's just going to make it unique out of the gate, not having Christian McCaffrey. Like just not having Christian McCaffrey is going to be unique in and of itself. Then you don't have to get all that crazy elsewhere. Two things. One, you're absolutely right. No Christian McCaffrey. The other one, it left $800 in salary on the table. And that's another way that you could build lineups where you're going to have a lot of good players in it. But a lot of people, when they build their lineups, it's going to be, hey, I've got five players I really like. How do I fill my final spot? Oh, this is the next best guy that uses up all the salary. And that's how the majority of people are playing DFS. So a lot of people are hand building. Sure, there are tools like the Sims that are out there, but the vast majority of the individual people that are going to be playing in this giant Millie maker contest for people who are just hand building one or two lineups. And that's why any lineups that leave salary on the table, they're going to be more unique. Hand builders are not often leaving salary on the table. Right. And I mean, the lineup generator is similar too, because you're taking like what a hundred thousand lineups We're we're we have a ranking system that uses a million different ways to rank them. And then it's throwing out 99%. It's only keeping the top 1% of those lineups. Uh, so that is just significantly better than hand building too. And I think you're going to see a lot of similar lineups with the showdown lineup generator as well. But the one thing you're right, you're going to see people do what they can to max these out. Um, another thing that I think is going to get people in trouble isn't to say you can't do it, but it's all right. Well, I'll captain a really cheap guy because that's unique and he won't be popular at captain. But then what happens, Greg? you get funneled into very, very similar lineups because when you captain a Kyle Juszczyk or a Marcos Valdez-Scantling or a Justin Watson or one of those guys, 
the whole purpose of your build is to be like, all right, now I'm just jamming all of the expensive guys because I think I'm different enough up top. My guess is if like an MVS captain lineup won the, mm -hmm. the Millie, my guess is that it would be duped a ton of times. Unless, of course, it's like just a, you really go, you're really leaving the reservation. But my guess is you're going to see a ton of duped lineups with those cheap captains because of what it allows you to do in the flex spots. Very possible. And then uh, also something about using the salary, because we got David Eckenrode in chat had uh, messaged us, YouTube chat said, is there any way to cap the salary in the Sims? There is. If you put, if you click on the uh, Jacob, see the, um, the salary column. If you were to press the three dots on it, you could do it within there in the filters and you could take out lineups that are using all of the salary. You could say that the salary has to contain, you know, uh, less than or equal to 49,800, for instance. And then it won't give you any lineups that use all the salary. Here's what I'm going to say about, though, uh, about that, David. Just because a lineup uses all the salary, it doesn't mean it has to be a lineup that's duped a bunch. You could have very low-owned players that use all the salary, and it could still be a unique lineup. And you do see that on screen here as well. Like, our lineup with the second-highest projected simulated ROI, it uses all the salary. So I wouldn't just take all the lineups out that use all the salary. As a general rule, we could expect them to be more popular than the ones that use uh, you, that don't use all the salary, but it doesn't mean that it has to be a heavily duped lineup just because he uses all the salary. For sure. Like a Jake Moody captain. Yeah. That, yeah. McCaffrey, Pacheco, Rashi Rice, Travis Kelsey, 49ers defense. That's a unique lineup. Uh, and by the way, I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've noticed this, but there are some lineups that we're getting that don't have quarterbacks. Now, is it a ton of them? No, but I'm looking at, two of the top eight right now that are highest projected. No. Yeah. That don't even have a quarterback. Like uh, Debo Niners, Ayuk, chiefs, McCaffrey, Rashi rice. That's one right there. I love that by the way, with Debo, because he can score on the ground. Yeah. And if he scores on the ground and has a solid game, doesn't score through the air, maybe it's a lower scoring game, but he has decent pat, you know, receiving yards. And then Ayuk scores, but, that's it. You can get there without Brock Purdy by having Debo and like other 49ers in there. Uh, for sure. What's that? I was saying for sure. And then something else about that lineup that I'm noticing as well is it has the 49ers defense in it and no, neither of the quarterbacks, like you had mentioned. So what could also end up happening there? Well, if you have the defenses in there, well, then there's a correlation that you're looking at there. Patrick Holmes is a bad game. 49ers play well. That's another way that Patrick Holmes gets out of the winning lineup. And then if Debo Samuel ends up having a big running game, maybe punches in two rushing touchdowns. He has a 70-yard run or does something crazy. You can see how that lineup makes sense. Absolutely. And I mentioned this to Ben on Wednesday, kind of went through the last month of games for the Chiefs. It is actually remarkable how – in each of their last four games, you could go back further than that, but just using the last four games, you've had Pacheco, like two of Pacheco, Rice, and Kelsey have good games where Patrick Mahomes wasn't necessary at all in all of them. Just really weird how this team is operating right now. It's usually, it's like Pacheco and Kelsey, because right, Kelsey had 32 last week. Pacheco had another pretty good game. Patrick Mahomes, you wouldn't have wanted him. Uh, like just very strange how this team has operated lately. Patrick Mahomes, 
doesn't have more than 20 fantasy points since week seven. Uh, it, it doesn't have more, doesn't have 20 fantasy points since week 15. So again, while it's a one game slate and you're more than happy to get the Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, obviously. Plus he's added some rushing upside. I, I went back and looked at some of his Super Bowl rushing, uh, rushing uh, performances. Dude will take off like when given the opportunity for sure. He's great at getting outside of the pocket and making magic. But I have no problem getting to, you know, handful of Chiefs players without Patrick Mahomes either. Yeah. And once again, like we were saying before, just the nature of, of showdown where is Patrick Mahomes somebody that should be projected well? Absolutely. Is he somebody that you want to play? Yeah, most likely. But with that said, one of the easier ways to make unique lineups, which is going to be very valuable for these massive large field single game contests, is to not have Patrick Mahomes in at least some of those lineups. So, a couple things here. One, I want to take a look at some exposures. Two, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but we have the exposure caps now. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. And I wanted to ask you something. When it comes to football or basketball, where this will be even more prevalent as we've got multi-game slates and basketball every night how would you approach using player exposure caps every single night if you don't have say maybe a you know complex intricate way of doing this are you using um are you using let's say pool ownership to get a number with a multiplier there and using that as a cap or how would you how would you use this whether it's showdown or nba how would you use the the exposure caps, because I think this could be a really important tool, especially for people that might be doing like 20 max or 30 lineups where you have a 20 max. Say you're playing the four point player, like 20 max play action for the NFL. And it's giving you because of all of the top simulated ROI lineups, it's giving you like 100 percent of three different players. And you just don't want that. Yeah. So here's my best answer for this. It's going to be up to the individual user's discretion, because the real optimal way would be to not use the exposure cap right. because you want to be playing all the best lineups possible. However, one thing that is very hard to take into account is you might be more risk averse. You, you might not want to take that many chances. You might not want to have 100% of a player in your lineup. So this is where it's kind of up to the individual person's feeling where let's say we built a lineup, go up to the top there, Jacob. Yeah, so let's say that somebody had 58% of Patrick Mahomes in the flex spot, and then actually type in Mahomes in the player bar up top, because this is also going to be a little weird for showdown, because we're going to have players in multiple spots. So we've got 64% of Patrick Mahomes. It's not a crazy amount, but maybe somebody for whatever reason just decides, hey, I don't want any more of 40% of Patrick Mahomes in the flex spot. And then you could just go to the max exposure, you get set it to 40%. And then what you're going to end up getting to with uh, with Mahomes here, you have to just, yeah, you just use the minus arrow until you get to 40%. Then if you click set exposures here, uh, Jacob, you don't have to change the uh, captain spot, but if you just do set exposures here and then you unfavor your top 150 lineups and then refavorite them, we should have about 40% of Patrick Mahomes in the flex spot when we go back here, just so people could understand how it works. Yeah, exactly 40% we landed on. So there isn't a way that you could do it and 
mathematically to make your lineups better. It's just, it's more of a individual preference. Like how comfortable are you with the most exposure might have to an individual player. So now something like, yeah, if you're only playing 20 lineups, instead of having all your top lineups, having Patrick Holmes, you could balance it out. Uh, but for me personally, it's not something that I'm going to be using for NFL for NBA. I, I could approach it a little bit differently because I might want to limit my exposure to players in early games just to give myself more late swap flexibility. For NFL, though, I'm just going to let it play out as whatever exposures the Sims give me. Would you do the same thing for main slate NFL contests? Yes. So same thing for NFL main slate contests. And that's even for me playing 150 lineups. I don't have an issue if I get to 92% of a player, or even 100% of a player, if that is what the data is telling me is optimal for yep. a given slate. But I do totally understand that there are people who might just say, hey, I don't want to be 100% committed to one individual player. And then you might say the most I want is 75% of a guy. And it's going to give you the next best lineups then that do not contain that player. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think it's 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 kind of arbitrary, but it's also, it's just a risk preference. Yeah. how What's your tolerance on risk? So, all right. Um, can we reset reset those exposures, Jacob? And then we can go back to... We can we can go back and take a look at this. So here's here's a couple of things I want to do. We see some of these lineups; they're kind of all over the place, which is a good thing for sure. And obviously, the 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 ones that are duped the fewest or the least, a lot of those are at the top. Scroll down a little bit. I want to see what the highest. If we have any really high ranked lineups that actually have a lot of dupes, I mean, it looks like we really don't, Greg. Sometimes they sneak in there where it'll be like eight dupes just because it's such a good lineup. I'm not really seeing any of that today. Nah, there's three. Yeah, not a big deal, though. Uh, three. There there's, yeah, there's a seven. There's an eight. So those are ones that we would expect to be used a handful of times in large field tournaments. But there are still going to be individual instances. And by the way, these are not ones that are like towards the top of our simulated ROI. But there are going to be instances where a lineup wins frequently enough where it still projects as a top right. simulated ROI lineup, despite that those ones might be duped and, and you could be chopping with those. But still, it's not like the 66 dupe lineup or anything like that. It's, you know, seven and eight here. So let's go to exposures. We'll do this differently than we usually do on multi-game slates, but I think there's a couple ways to get some good insight here. Um, and by the way, guys, this is the Super Bowl we're talking about. This is the, the game where there are a lot of places out there that want to incentivize you to jump on board their site they're like all right maybe people aren't here yet but how do we get them over here if you're in sports legal sports betting states this is the literally i say this without hesitation the single best time of the year single best opportunity to get free bonus bets and get the best sign up bonuses because here's what's going to happen after the super bowl all of these books are going to revert back to like the First bet insurance, which is great if you have $1,000 or $1,500 to place on one single bet because, oh, yeah, I lose my bet, $1,000 in first bet. That's great. Not everybody has that bankroll where they can just be like, no big deal, man. I, I, I'm going to put, I'm going to max this because maxing out a first bet insurance play is better than bonus bets only if you can max it out. Not if you're betting $5. In that case, who cares? In this case, sports books are sweetening the pot bet MGM right now has bet five, get $158 in bonus bets. What that means is you literally bet five bucks, whether you win or lose instantly after placing that bet, you get $158 in bonus bets. It's that simple. You sign up. We have the links in the description to these, by the way, 
Well, sign up at BetMGM. Bet five, get $158 in bonus bets. Use them on whatever you want. At the end of the day, you could lose everything, and it doesn't matter. You're down $5. Super Bowl's coming up. Build a bankroll or spray. Who cares? Maybe even use this as an opportunity to make some really fun same-game parlays. doesn't matter. You're getting $158 in bonus bets on a $5 bet. Also, Bet365. They just went live in Arizona, but they're in Indiana, Ohio, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Virginia, Colorado, and New Jersey. That's nine states if you're one of those. Bet five, get 150. Both of these, it takes a minute to sign up, verify yourself, deposit five bucks, bet it, and get those bonus bets for doing literally nothing. So it doesn't matter. You're sitting around. You got a break from work. Whatever you're doing, take a couple minutes out of your day, maximize it, make sure you're not throwing money down the drain. Got to be 21 years or older to gamble. If you have a gambling problem, call or text 100GAMBLER. But Bet365 and Bet MGM, both of them in the description, that's what, 300 was that $308 in bonus bets for, for 10 to- total dollars in bets, which if you win those bets, by the way, you still get paid out. So it doesn't matter. It's a win-win, zero-lose situation. Anyway, Greg, I wanted to ask you about exposures here. And we can go into this and, and look at some of these. If we're looking at captain exposure, right? So just, Jacob, if you actually just fil- yeah, filter by position, that's a, do that again. You don't even have to. Just hit that drop. If you hit that arrow, it'll bring you there. There you go. So 58%. Wait, no, that's flex. Where were we? We were just a captain. Do that one more time. Um, Let's filter. We can there you filter go. There, 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 there. It's got it. It's got it. Right there. Okay. 21% Debo. I actually, I love that. I met I Ben and I talked about it. Like the we're getting flat captain exposures. And I don't hate that at all. What do you make of these exposures? We got five north of 10%. I like that we're getting two captains also who are not projected for mass amounts of ownership. It's also cool that we have a slate where it's not like, hey, it's a Lamar Jackson slate. He's gonna be a 40% owned captain, or he's gonna be, you know, like 60% owned the MVP on FanDuel. I like that we're able to find some players who are not the like stud of all studs, where it's not like just loading up on Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey in the captain spot. So the idea that we're able to get some single-digit ownership on Debo Samuel in the captain, which also is going to open up some salary for us to be able to spend up at other spots in the lineup, because one thing that is really difficult about this slate, Lofty, is with it being the Super Bowl, there's the week off, teams are able to get healthy. There are not a ton of punt plays to like, and that's why I do think it makes a whole lot of sense to save some of our money at the captain spot, because I don't feel great about the $200 punts in this game relative to some of the regular season showdown slates. And I think this is going to put us on a different build and make my lineups look better in terms of me actually getting six players I like. Absolutely. That, that's. Can you scroll down, Jacob, a little bit? I want to see, like, what's our highest captain exposure for some of these lesser talented players? So, like, 0.7 Hardman... That is actually really interesting. So this Sims run, and I wasn't sure if this would be the case, Greg. Maybe you have some insight here. This Sims run, because I, by the way, I guarantee you that when you have other showdown slates throughout the year, and we were having, what, three a week, four a week in some instances, like for the main showdown slates, and I would run these Sims on the strategy show and live before lock, we would get a decent amount of lineups with cheap captains. And some of those lineups were great. Some of them looked good. Really nice leverage scores. 
We don't have any of that outside of essentially 4.7% Jake Moody. And he's not a full-out punt. If you scroll up a little bit more, Jacob, to make sure I'm not missing something, I think, yeah, look at that. Like all of our captains making up, what, 95% of captain exposure? 90, we'll say, percent of captain exposure? These are all guys that are like legitimately good players with mid to high-end price points. Yeah, for sure. And then also, if we're looking at uh, some of the ownerships here, you know, the only cap, the only captain that's projected for a lot of ownership, it's Christian McCaffrey at 25%. Even Mahomes isn't crazy. I mean, Mahomes is only 7% in the captain spot. So I think the other thing that's notable here is that how underweight we are to Christian McCaffrey. It's not because we project Gaffrey poorly. It's because of how popular he is in the captain spot and the lack of value that makes it comfortable to spend up for him. For sure. Yeah. Look, I thought maybe, hey, maybe we try and build some lineups with with the really cheap options at captain. But this, at least right now, is suggesting that that might not be the play this week. It looks like it's not the play based on our data. And then also just something that I'm going to be interested in when we look at the flex plays is how many punt options do we actually like? Because there aren't ones that I right. love. And I don't really see a way that you, that you stick McCaffrey in the captain spot get to other players in this game that you think are going to be essential with upside and don't take chances on a fairly shitty 200, 400, $800 punts. So, good. so what you're saying is if we had like 30% McCaffrey, a captain, you would expect to see a lot more cheap options in the flags. Exactly. And yeah. I just, I just don't find them to be all that appealing for this game because the ones that stand out in the regular season, it'll be somebody who it's like, Hey, the, uh, the second string tight end is out. Here's this guy that's going to play eight snaps and if this guy happens to catch a pass or two, he's live to be in the optimal lineup. Yeah. It, th those players don't exist in the Super Bowl. As dumb as it sounds, Christian McCaffrey is negatively impacted in our Sims because there aren't cheap guys projected for like three fantasy points. It's so funny you say that, right? It's like a, um, it feels counterintuitive because he's going to play 100% of snaps. But so are so many of these other players. You're right. Like there is no... There is like, okay, put it this way. If this was a, we're a week 10 game, you and I would have a real conversation about Elijah Mitchell, right? Yeah. Like we'd be having a real conversation about Elijah Mitchell. Were he healthy? We would be talking about, you know, a lot more about a Clyde Edwards Alaire or something like that. But now you're going to see Kittle play maybe a hundred percent of snaps. You're going to see McCaffrey play barring an in, he would have played a hundred percent of snaps last game. If he didn't get dumped on his head, and if they didn't run the clock out on the final drive just to get Mitchell a couple so McCaffrey didn't get hurt. But he's going to play every snap. All of these top skill players are going to play, excuse me, maybe not every, but almost every snap. So what happens? It dwindles down the player pool, and the ones who are most affected by this from a fantasy point projection and a snap share uh, projection are going to be the cheap guys. But then in turn, it makes it harder to get to all of yeah. the expensive guys. Yeah, it's weird because the expensive guys play more, it's harder to get to them. And it seems right. counterintuitive, but that's that's just the truth of it. Let's look at flex ownership, uh, Jacob. You can just sort that again. It should work instead of going into the filters. Uh, position, posi go to position, right? There you go. There we go. Okay. So we're even slightly under the field on McCaffrey in the flex too. I think this speaks exactly to what you were just saying. Yeah, and you'll notice it too. 
uh, not to give away, you know, everything we're going to be talking about here, but just scroll down a little bit, Jacob. I want to see if there's anybody who I notice as a punt that's like really making into a significant amount of lineups. Like, all right, some of Noah Gray. 15% MVS. Some of MVS. These guys are also projected for ownership, though. Uh, Nico Hardman, that's a good one because he's projected for two fantasy points, only 3% ownership. We're getting to 11% of them. But one thing you also notice, if you add up these punt guys, so like Hardman, 11%, Watson, 9%, that equals 20. Richie James, that's 26. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, that gets us to 31. Conley, 34. Jennings, now up to 37. If you add up the exposure of getting to all these cheap punt guys, their total ownership is going to add up for us kind of similar to what the Christian McCaffrey exposure we have is. It's a good point. Another thing too, and I... the. All right, so if you look at these cheap guys, you can tell that this goes back to what we were saying, where there's just no clear-cut, definitive guys that we can really project to see, oh, he's going to play all the snaps, get all the targets as the cheap option in this game. He benefits from this guy being out. He benefits from this guy coming back from injury. There's none of that. So if you've noticed, a lot of times on these showdown slates or even two-game slates, we might be getting heavy exposure to one of those guys, like Jamison Williams, right, was one where on those two-game slates, Jamison Williams would get a lot of, uh, of ownership, uh, and he we would get a lot of exposure to him a lot because what else was there? And he seemed to profile as the best guy to be on the field the most and, and have the best opportunities. You look at this, though, it's insanely spread out. Like 12% gray, 15%, um, 15% MVS, 11% Hardman, 5% Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 6% Richie James. Uh, I think we had like Justin Watson up there around 12 or 13% if you scroll up a bit. I think, oh no, there he is, 9% Justin Watson. So look at that. All of them are so close, closely grouped together. You're not taking a massive stand on any of these cheap guys. It's probably the way it should be. Yeah. And don't have an issue mixing and matching, right? I don't have an issue with us getting to 11% of Michael Hardman or taking a chance in like 6% Richie James. But I don't want to take a stand and say, hey, I'm a 30% Richie James. That's going to be my guy. I just, I just don't have any level of confidence in some of these cheap guys. There's a reason they're individually projecting for two, three, four fantasy points. They're only expected to play so many snaps. I want to go back to McCaffrey here for a second. Maybe – uh Maybe we can put a bow on this because I think it's an important conversation that we can't just kind of gloss over and would definitely would definitely help the audience here. So last week, Steve Buzzard, the Colts, uh, our CFO and the guy who was instrumental in building these Sims tools, who you've been on tutorials and streams with often to discuss how they work, he won the Millie, okay? Now, he won the Millie last week, Greg, without Christian McCaffrey in his lineup. And I'll get there. I know it, I know two games is still significantly different than one game. But he won it without Christian McCaffrey, who finished with almost 30 fantasy points on the day. And crazily, he had just a single Brock Purdy. It was a, it was a skinny Brock Purdy stack with, I think, Brandon Ayuk. And he won the Millie. Crazy circumstances, too, on the Brock Purdy kneel down and McCaffrey not being out there to ice the game. It ended up being Elijah Mitchell getting three carries, whatever. But there is a way in a game like this that McCaffrey could still have a decent game and you don't actually need him to win. And I think that's that's the part, like, 
we can't just arbitrarily say right now what it would take for McCaffrey to win unless you give me the final score and like production elsewhere. But there have to be paths where you can win without having Christian McCaffrey, especially with how many good skill players there are who are going to be on the field for the entirety of the game. Yeah, for sure. And I'm trying to remember who Steve had in his lineup. I remember he was putting a, a kneel down at the end of that's what I'm saying. Brock Purdy yeah. kneeled down for three yards because they had to run the final second or two off the clock. If he kneeled down for four yards, Steve would have chopped it with different lineups. And if it was five yards, he would have fallen. He would have like tumbled in the standings. Correct. Or if McCaffrey were to have gotten those final carries to ice the game, all McCaffrey would have needed was four yards or five yards, and that's it. So it is, it is funny. McCaffrey getting, it, it had no impact on the game that Elijah Mitchell was able to run out the ball at the end of the game, as opposed to Christian McCaffrey. It was probably a swing of like, I don't know, like Steve still had a good lineup. So he was still going to be somewhere near the top of the standings. But if McCaffrey had another 10 yards at the end of the game, it would have been like Steve, instead of solo winning the million dollars would have come in like eighth place for $10,000. If McCaffrey yeah. like eight extra yards. A hundred percent. Yeah. It probably would have won like five, 10,000. Or if Brock just like ran back a little further, it was the craziest <laughs> of circumstances for real. Um, but I mean, talk to me about that a little bit. What, what type of game does McCaffrey not enter the optimal or the winning lineup in a showdown site? Yeah, well, just considering what his price is, it's going to, for him to be in the optimal lineup, he's probably going to have to, have to have a fairly monster score where it's able to offset you having a cheap punt guy that only has like one, two, three fantasy points. So the situation where he doesn't get in the optimal lineup is going to be either he doesn't have a massive game or if other high-priced options have big games, yep. it's just going to squeeze him out. So if you get a game where it's like Debo Samuel plays well, Kelsey is 100 yards. Mahomes is 300 passing yards. McCaffrey could have his big game, but if other studs have big games, so you're just going to need them in lineups and McCaffrey gets squeezed out. I'll take it a step further too. If none of the punts have even remotely decent games, that could be even do even more damage to McCaffrey lineups. Yeah, for sure. So there's ways it can happen. Like there's ways that McCaffrey can have a good game and not be in the winning lineup. There's no doubt about that. I mean, McCaffrey, had, I know it was a two-game slate again, but he had 29 points last week and wasn't in the winning Millie lineup. Granted, he was 0.1 points out of the winning lineup because he was in that one beneath it. Um, but our friend Mike Lawrence just sent me Steve's lineup. It was Purdy, Pacheco, Montgomery, Ayuk, Flowers, Williams, Kelsey. Well, he didn't send me the bottom of it, but we'll assume that it was some other players. Um, so, yeah, I mean – I, I I don't I, I think you want to be careful not to get too bogged down with like this is the best player. How much th this is why the Sims is so helpful to me. It's because it allows me to do things that my head generally wouldn't let me do. You know what I mean? It shows me like, all right, maybe you don't need McCaffrey everywhere. And to be fair, we're still getting 10% of captain, 40% of the flex. It's not like they it's not like we don't have a lot of McCaffrey. So that's what 50% of our lineups are still gonna have him. Yeah, and it, so it's not like we're dead if he has a big game. We still have some lineups there. It's just we're a little bit underweight to the field on him. And it means that ultimately, if this was the lineups that we're submitting as our final version, we're rooting against Christian McCaffrey. 
But like you said, he's still in about half of our lineup. So it's not like he's totally unrepresented where we're taking some crazy aggressive 0% stand. Is there anything else we should look at before we get I mean, I think we've covered this. It, it, what's enlightening right now to me is the type of lineups that we're getting. It's not a lot of, like, no punt at captain, number one. Essentially nothing outside of some Moody and then, what, one or two Miko Harbin lineups. Uh, and then there's no real specific build that's showing up a ton as far as, like, 5-1, 4-2, 3-3. Right now, the most duped type of lineups are 5-1 Kansas City stacks in the Sims as well. Also very interesting. So this tells you a lot going into the lineup building process, what type of things we should expect to see and what type of things we should be trying to build around. Yeah. Um, it's What do you mean by uh, build around? Though? Like individual players or certain like game scripts? Not even that. Just in the sense of build around like you're seeing what type of lineups are simming nicely. So maybe you don't want to build around the, the punt captain. Maybe you don't have to go crazy and go 5-1 on every stack. Like I'm saying in terms of build around, there, there are things here that are showing up as our highest simmed ROI lineups that kind of open your eyes to what type of builds make the most sense on it in a game like this, given the player pool, given the salaries, and given the projected ownerships. Yeah, can you actually, something we didn't look at, just because you mentioned the projected ownerships there, could you go back to the exposures tab, Jacob, and just sort by the player pool? I want to see which players are overall projected for the most ownership outside of uh, McCaffrey. So like Mahomes, I, I can understand here. So Mahomes is really popular in the in the flex spot, but he wasn't all that popular in the captain spot. He was only projected for what was it, 6.8% ownership yeah, as wow. the captain or something like that. Uh, so we've got... The running backs are fairly popular. Here's an interesting game script that I like building lineups for as we're looking at this year, Lafay. Just the passing games. Because it seems where the field is going towards, and this also relates to us being underweight to the field on Christian McCaffrey. The field is really high on Pacheco. They're really high on McCaffrey. They're really high on the quarterbacks, but oddly not as high on the pass catchers. So a way you could get leverage and build lineups that are different than what the field is doing is playing the quarterbacks with pass catchers and not having running backs in those lineups. Yeah, absolutely. That's 100% a viable approach. I have no issues with that whatsoever because you're getting pretty concentrated offenses as far as pass catchers go. Like, sure, you have McCaffrey who catches passes, Kittle, Ayuk, uh, Debo. Past that, though, I mean, who are we really worried about? Jennings? And then for the, for the Chiefs, it's Kelsey and Rice. And then we saw our exposures. All... Almost all of those, actually, no, now that I think about it, were all of our pun exposures to Kansas City? I think so. Cardman, MVS, Watson, Noah Gray, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Richie James. I, I honestly think it was. Yeah, Richie James is the other Richie one. Richie James. I, di I didn't see any Kyle Yuschek lineups. He's the one guy who I think is the the most likely cheap player to play the most snaps and be relevant from the 49ers, I think is use check, but I don't remember seeing him in that many lineups. If you wouldn't mind scrolling down here a little bit, Jacob, to see maybe we had use check in like a couple lineups, but yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Use check in 2% of lineups. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but that's true. Lofty, all the cheap punts we have, it's, it's some of those guys who play, you know, like a few snaps at wide receiver for the chiefs, but they kind of rotate. They do play a hot hand. So there's a little bit, 
of a ceiling there with some of those guys where it's like, hey, maybe MVS catches a couple of passes, then he runs more routes for the game. Uh, but there isn't really an equivalent cheap guy like that for the 49ers outside of maybe Jennings. Phil said, Lavi, can you still build a 4-2 San Francisco, Kansas City with Kansas City winning the game? Um, yeah, I mean, that's the lineup generator does that where you just boost Kansas City's score up six, right? Like the projection up six and San Francisco down. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you we get, go to go to lineups though, real quick, Jacob, and let me just see like what our best four. There it is. Okay, so our third best Kansas City, San Francisco. So four two Kansas City, San Francisco stack. It's actually Chiefs and Niners, McCaffrey, Mahomes, Rice, and Kelsey. That's a crazy build. So you're getting Mahomes with Rice and Kelsey plus McCaffrey. And your differentiation points are clearly capped in defense with 49ers flags. Yeah. Yeah. The defenses. Also, I'm trying to remember what were uh, the defenses. Neither of them were all that popular, which I can definitely understand. Uh, But defenses weren't all that popular. The kickers weren't all that popular. So, yeah. And I do like all the individual pieces in that lineup as well. Jacob, can you do me a favor? Look at that right there. The, The top 10 the amount of times this lineup finished in the top 10 seems really high. Yeah, sort by that for a second. All right, so there's a few that finished way up there but just didn't win as much. Oh, no, you know what? That one won a lot. It was just duped a million times. Yeah, that's the one with the 66 dupes. Yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah, that uh, that third one looks good. Uh, all right, go back to SimDROI before we get out of here. Yeah. And while we're doing that, also, guys, I know the football season's ending. We do have sims for a number of DFS sports now that are ongoing. And one thing, I'm going to be recording my MMA video in a little bit. And I'll be honest about this, Luffy. My MMA picks this year have largely sucked. They've been terrible. <laughs> but guess what? But guess what? I In the $3 contest on DraftKings the last three weeks, I've come in first, second, and second with my best line. It's been massively profitable. That's even crazy. Though, even though. I've just been absolute shit at telling people who to uh, roster, who my preferred options are. So it, it really goes to show that you could put inputs in the Sims and you could definitely try to direct it to build lineups that are players that you want to be rostering or fighters in the case of MMA, golfers in the case of PGA. But it's still going to say, based on your inputs, these are the best available lineups to you. So football season's ending. I know a lot of you guys are NFL Sims users, but uh, check out some of our other packages too, whether it's NBA, whether it's MMA or PGA, MLB, that's going to be starting soon. NASCAR, we're going to have the NASCAR package live on the site soon as well. We've got the bundle where you can get all of them together. So if you're bummed out about football season ending, check out some of our other Sims products as well, because they've really helped me, especially in a sport like PGA, where I don't know shit about PGA. The reason I stopped playing PGA for a while is because I lost money all the time. I was like, what's the point of me continuing to lose money at PGA? Uh, but two weeks ago, I had in the $5, I came in third and seventh on DraftKings. I didn't even know what I was rooting for. I didn't even heard of most of the golfers <laughs> I was rostering, but it, yeah. it didn't matter. Dude, I don't know shit about it either, but I've been using the Sims for PGA every week. Um, for all that, That's the thing. Like, all right, either stop playing DFS until football comes around, or you don't even need to know about these sports. That's the best part about all of this, man. It's like you can just run the Sims, and you can run them factory settings too. Uh, and still get good lineups. So check it out. Link in the description and in chat. There's the all access where if you're using the our stochastic avatar, like the Hall of Fame avatar, you're getting a huge discount in perpetuity, meaning every single month. It never goes away just by rocking the avatar. 
or you can, you know, if you just wanted to do MMA or PGA or baseball is that's coming. See, that's the best part about the all access. Soon we're going to have basketball, baseball, PGA, MMA. Like we're going to have a ton of sports um, with the Sims. So it's really exciting stuff and it makes life a lot easier and it makes DFS a lot more enjoyable, specifically when NFL isn't around. So like I said, link in the description and chat. You guys want to try any of them out. Your results in MMA speak for itself too. It's funny. It's <laughs> yeah, I had, I'm actually, so I'm doing a video this afternoon. I'm going to do a giveaway. I'm just going to send money to some people because I really did feel bad because people like, oh, your picks were terrible. It's because like, yeah, I know. And I just had one lineup that ended up popping off and did well. So I'll give back a little bit. If you guys watch my MMA video later, I recorded after weigh-ins happen. I'll have some sort of contest going and I'll Venmo some people like 50 bucks or something like that. Cool. Check it out. Craig to G. Ehrenberg DFS. I'm at Lafayette underscore D. So before we get out of here, one more thing. Uh, go back to lineups. And I, I just want to see what type of these certain 5-1 and 4-2 builds we're getting. Because the 3-3 is kind of whatever. But, all right, so, like, here is a Kansas City 5-1. Kelsey, Ayuk, Bucker, Gray, Mahomes, Rice. And then there's, if you look down, I think it's probably the 10th lineup down. Debo, this is a Kansas City or a San Francisco five-man onslaught. Debo, Niners, Purdy. Kittle, Moody, and Travis Kelsey. What type of game do you need to play out for this to work? Because I don't think the only way for it to happen is like a full-out blowout, mm -hmm. but I think that probably helps. And you're talking about the uh, the, the Kelsey lineup? Um, yeah, I'm talking about – so there's a 5-1 Kansas City, mm -hmm. and then there's a 5-1 San Francisco. Just pulling the, fir the first one of each that we have. Uh, ranked here. Yeah. So if we look at the five, one chiefs one, I mean, the most obvious path is just the game is a blowout, right? If it, if the game is a blowout in either direction, that's where those five ones come into play. But then it could also be a situation where it's just the ball's really spread out by the 49ers. So it could be, maybe you get like, Hey, a decent game. Debo scores 10, 11 fantasy points. McCaffrey maybe scores 16, 17, 18. Brandon Ayuk has 12, 13. Uh, maybe you get a solid but not get great game from Brock Purdy who has like 14 or 15 fantasy points. That's another way it could happen is just if the game is really spread out on one side where, you know, we've seen these games from Mahomes as well, where it's nobody has more than five receptions and it's just a ton of a ton of players that have like four targets and have three or four receptions or something like that. So there's a lot of pass for five ones to work out. Absolutely. Well, we see how it's shaping up. We got live before lock on Sunday. Are you are you doing any shows tomorrow for 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 NFL? Not for NFL, but uh, doing the normal NBA content. Of course. Tomorrow. So, what time did we decide? So, just so everybody knows, if you're watching now after the fact, by the way, hit that thumbs up before you go. What time? What did we decide on? Did we decide on noon or one for for the two hour block? Yeah, so it's going to be 12 to 1 with the deep dive. That's with Lofi and Ben Raza. And then 1 to 2, it's going to be Eric Lindquist and Matt Kajewski. And we've been doing the same thing here. We're going to be talking about the, the Sims, lineup general, build lineups for DraftKings, FanDuel on those shows. We'll talk a little bit of owner bo owner's box as well. I know there are some people that play on owner's box. And uh, then also, we'll give you guys the roundup of all the sports book deals that are available because Lofi had mentioned that before, which is very true. That This is the best time of year to sign up at new books. So, uh, trying to make a list of all of the best deals that are available everywhere. And then we'll be bringing all of those to you on the Sunday show as well. For sure. Uh, almost made sense. So no Fandle. We have Fandle for this. Fandle, DraftKings owners. 
just didn't have time to run it today. But yes, we have fan, Sims has Fandle lineup generator, all that stuff has Fandle for every sport, not just NFL. Uh, and if you guys are wondering, the reason we're not doing the uh, actual like authentic live before lock going up to kickoff, people have stuff to do, right? So I think we'd be doing a disservice to everyone to go all the way up until kickoff where we're already going to have the injury news a, a, a ways out. Like we're nothing's going to, unless something crazy happens, we're not going to need to do that. And now you guys will be able to build lineups uh, and, you know, just it'll be as easy as possible. Get you in, get you out earlier in the day. I think that makes the most sense for, for the Super Bowl. It's a unique game. Yeah. So appreciate it. Shout out to Jacob for producing this one all season long, man. We've started, you know, we've streamlined this process, Greg. The first couple shows we did were a little clunky, but the three of us got on the same page. I think we're in a good spot going into next year. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, I, I do. Uh, by the way, I, I've kind of borrowed this format and I use it on my other content now too, whether it be like the MMA video that I'm going to be doing later uh, and some other So, Like this is the con this is the, the format that I do a lot of my Sims content in. I think more and more people will start to find this stuff more valuable than other like just straight pick stuff in the future because just the way the industry is moving, right? So. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you guys. Hey, if I don't see you on Sunday, if I do see you, you know where to find me. But if I don't, and if you don't see Greg, enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll see you back here next season. Peace.